Proverbs chapter 30, verse 1. The words of a gatherer, son of an obedient one, the declaration and affirmation of the man. Another way of interpreting this is it says the words of Agur, the son of Jaca, and this is a specific person who is not Solomon. Agur's proverbs were added in this chapter in the book of Proverbs. And apparently, this is the only place in the Bible that mentions the man named Agur. I have wearied myself for God. I have wearied myself for God and am consumed. In other translations, instead of it saying, I have wearied myself for the Lord, it says that he is speaking to Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Ukal, which are two other people. Agur spoke these proverbs to two other men who he was instructing. But in Young's literal translation, he translated it so literally that I think when he said, I have wearied myself for the Lord, he was actually translating the names of the men that Agur was speaking to, and the translations of their name is something similar to, I have wearied myself for the Lord. Now this can be read both ways. I don't think Young's literal translation is necessarily wrong, even though it's a unique translation. That doesn't mean that it's wrong, because names do have deep meanings. So the Lord may actually want us to read it this way as well, that these are proverbs coming from a man who is focused on obeying the Lord. For somebody whose life's mission is to obey the Lord, that would be a really great person to take advice from. The premise is that we're going to get advice from somebody who is obedient, and it will be good advice. 2. For I am more brutish than anyone, and have not the understanding of a man. This is humility. He's saying that he is as big of a sinner as anyone, and so he needs to follow his own advice and not just give it to others which is really humble and good. 3. Nor have I learned wisdom, yet the knowledge of holy ones I know. He's saying, I'm learning to know the Lord by obeying him, but that doesn't mean that I know it all. I still have a lot to learn. Verse 4 is one of my absolute favorite verses in the entire Bible. This is Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4, and this is a verse that I think is worthy of putting on your wall. It says, Who went up to heaven, and cometh down? Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound waters in a garment? Who established all ends of the earth? What is his name, and what his son's name? Surely thou knowest. What it means is, you can never fully know the Lord, because he's too great for our understanding. In fact, we can't even pronounce his name. We don't even know what his name is. He gave Moses the letters Y-H-W-H because his name is not pronounceable by the human tongue. So we can't pronounce his name and we don't really know what it is. And it says that there's no way that we can know God because it's God who went up to heaven and comes down. This is before Jesus came to earth, but he would come. You know, Jesus' earthly name it's not really the name of the Lord per se, but it is the name that the Lord used in his human form on earth. And it says, who gathered the wind in his fists? Well, only God can do that. No human can. Who gathers the oceans in the lap of his garment? And only the Lord can do that. So this is talking about the Lord. 
And it says, who established all the ends of the earth? Well, of course, that's only the Lord, because the Lord created the earth. It's talking about God. And then, this is the huge bombshell part of the verse. It says, what, what is his name? And nobody knows his name, not even Moses, because YHWH is not a name. And what is his son's name? And that is the greatest verse in the Old Testament, because it proves that God has a son. And it proves that it was known that God has a son back in Old Testament. A lot of people, including Christian pastors, falsely teach that God having a son is a New Testament doctrine, and it is not. It is an Old Testament doctrine. All of the patriarchs knew that God has a son, and they all knew that God had to have a son because he has to have a right hand that works out his will. Every human man has sons to work out his will. And so they knew that their heavenly creator also has a son that works his will. This is an Old Testament doctrine. So we need to get that false idea out of our head that the apostles preached something different than the patriarchs preached because they did not. Both the patriarchs and the apostles knew that God has a son, that his son was coming to redeem us, and that we have to repent to be saved. These are teachings in both the Old and the New Testament. But today, there are many false pastors teaching false doctrine that we don't have to repent of our sins, and that God having a son is a New Testament idea, and that is so false. So anyway, I love this verse. So this man knows that God has a son. 5. Every saying of God is tried, a shield he is to those trusting in him. Whatever God has told us has been tried and found true. He never lies, and he protects us with his truth. And in the New Testament, Jesus said, I am truth. The truth that the Lord protects us with is his own son, Jesus. 6. Add not to his words, lest he reason with thee, and thou hast been found false. Don't add to the words of the Lord, because he will expose your words as being made up. We have to be careful, and this includes me, that we're not adding to the scripture. One thing I want to point out here is Proverbs is not the same as the Levitical law. If there's something in the book of Proverbs that you aren't doing, that doesn't necessarily mean that you lost your salvation. It means that you are not wise. Some of the Proverbs are talking about salvation issues, and some are not. You don't automatically lose your salvation just because you backed up somebody financially. We need to discern between what is God's law and what is good advice. This is a book of advice. When somebody gives you good advice, they're not corrupting God's word, and they're not adding to God's word. They're just giving you good advice. You have to discern between what is the gospel and what is advice. But if somebody is adding to the word, that means that they're actually adding to the gospel. So they're saying extra things, like you have to pray to Mother Mary. You have to go on a Mormon mission. That kind of stuff is adding to the gospel, because it's saying that you get saved by doing those things. What is a sin is when we're actually adding to the gospel. 7. Two things I have asked from thee, withhold not from me before I die. 8. Vanity and a lying word put far from me, poverty or wealth give not to me, 
cause me to eat the bread of my portion. These are the two things that he asked of the Lord. He asked the Lord, don't let me be a liar and don't give me more than what I need. And Jesus said something similar when he told us how to pray. He said, pray, give us this day our daily bread, which means give us just what we need for today. Don't make us rich. And this proverb is saying the same thing. Dear Lord, don't make me rich and don't make me a liar. He knew that if he was a liar or if he was rich, he would fall into sin and lose his salvation. And Jesus also knew the same thing. And that's why Jesus didn't say, give us a hoard of merchandise and money so that we can sit back and relax. He said, give us this day our daily bread. All we need is to have our needs met. We don't need a life of luxury. 9. Lest I become satiated and have denied and not said, Who is Jehovah? And lest I be poor and have stolen and have laid hold of the name of my God. He says, The reason I want my daily bread is so that I won't become desperate and still and curse your name. And the reason I don't want to be rich is because I don't want to deny you and say that I'm a self-made man. So he wants to avoid pride and desperation. We learn in Proverbs that desperation always leads to sin. When we're desperate, we'll do anything to get our needs met. So you've got to pray that the Lord will deliver you from the demon of desperation. Get your affirmation and all your needs met through Jesus Christ, and then you will never be desperate. 10. Accuse not a servant unto his Lord, lest he disesteem thee, and thou be found guilty. This is practical and spiritual advice. It says, do not go to somebody's boss and tell them that that person is doing bad work. The boss will hate you instead of that person, because when you tell him that his servant is doing bad work, then you're telling him that he has bad judgment to have hired that person. So you're directly insulting the boss. And that's why generally, unless you know that person is committing a crime, stealing from the company or something like that, you shouldn't go and tattle on your coworkers because it only makes you look bad. And likewise, we should not accuse the saints before the Lord. That's the devil's job. 11. A generation is that lightly esteemeth their father and their mother doth not bless. And that's the generation we have today. There's a lot of people who don't honor their parents. 12. A generation pure in their own eyes, but from their own filth not washed. And this also is the generation that we live in today. They sin habitually, but they think that they're good, and they're proud of their sin. 13. A generation, how high are their eyes, yea, their eyelids are lifted up. This also is our generation there are so many narcissists in our society. It's an epidemic. There's so many people that think that they're better than everybody else. 14. A generation, swords are their teeth and knives their jaw teeth to consume the poor from earth and the needy from among men. And this also is our generation that constantly wants to take advantage of people and profiteer off of other people. 15. To the leech are two daughters. Give, give, low. Three things are not satisfied. Four have not said sufficiency. So a leech sucks your blood, and a leechy person will suck the life out of you. 
they want to use you up for whatever they can get out of you. And it says that a leech has two daughters, not just one, meaning they'll do you double trouble. There's three things that they want from you. Then the writer says, no, make that four. 16. Sheol and a restrained womb. Earth, it is not satisfied with water, and fire, it hath not said sufficiency. So the four things that never get enough, the four things of the leech, are death. Death never gets enough souls, so more people keep dying, and hell keeps getting bigger. And then the restrained womb. This is a woman who can't bear children. She will never be satisfied, because she can't bear children. This is talking about sorrow. The restrained womb is sorrow. So sorrow is insatiable. When your life is full of sorrow, you'll always be sad. And the ocean will never be big enough. That's why the ocean just keeps getting bigger. The earth keeps expanding and the ocean keeps getting bigger. And fire. Fire never has enough fuel. The fact that the oceans keep getting bigger shows us that hell is getting bigger in the core of the earth and that there's more trouble coming on the earth and the rains just keep falling. We do need rain to survive, but it's also a symbol of when God sent wrath on the earth and caused the great flood. His wrath is still falling in smaller increments because of people's sin, and that's why the oceans keep getting bigger. This is saying that death never gets enough souls, sorrow never causes you enough pain, sin never ceases, and fire always wants fuel to burn it, and fire represents trouble and turmoil in our lives. 17. And I that mocketh at a father, and despiseth to obey a mother, dig it out, do ravens of the valley, and eat it, do young eagles. This is a metaphor, but it's saying that if you despise your own parents, you will die out in the wilderness, and the wild animals will eat your body. You won't get a proper burial. This is a metaphor for losing your salvation. If you hate your own parents, you're not born again. Now, a lot of our parents did us great harm, but we have to forgive in order to live the born-again life. 18. Three things have been too wonderful for me, yea, four that I have not known. The writer is saying, there are three things that are wonderful. No, make it four. 19. The way of the eagle in the heavens, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the heart of the sea, and the way of a man in youth. This can also be interpreted the way of a man with a virgin, meaning when he takes his bride to bed. So the four things that are marvelous, one of them is an eagle flying in the sky. You know, an eagle flies through the sky better than a plane does. It's just amazing how the eagle navigates through the wind. And then the snake navigating through rocks is also amazing to watch because the snake is so fast going in between the rocks and no other animal can navigate like that. And then it also says the way a ship navigates through the ocean is also an astounding miracle. And it is when a ship navigates through the waters. And then it says the way a man navigates in the marriage bed with his bride for the first time. All of these are amazing wonders, and all of these are miracles of the Lord. So your wedding night, if it's pure, it's a miracle. 
20. So the way of an adulterous woman, she hath eaten and wiped her mouth and hath said, I have not done iniquity. Somebody who loves their sin thinks that they're doing nothing wrong. So if a woman is used to practicing adultery, she won't see herself as a sinner. And sinners always think that everybody else is doing what they're doing, and that's how they justify it. But in reality, everybody else is not doing it. If you justify your actions, that's a red flag that you're definitely in sin. 21. For three things have earth been troubled, and for four it is not able to bear. So again he's saying, there are three troubling things. No, make it four. 22. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is satisfied with bread. 23. For a hated one when she ruleth, and a maidservant when she succeedeth her mistress. These are things that bring trouble to our world and our community. One of them is when a servant overpowers his master. That's evil. The other one is when a foolish man gets everything that he wants. The third one is when an odious woman becomes the head of a household because she gets married. And the fourth one is when a woman's maid takes her place through adultery. All of these things are bad because it's when people get rewarded for their sin. When people get rewarded for their sin, it corrupts the whole community. The third one is when an odious woman gets married because then she becomes more powerful because she has power over her husband and she has power over her children and the servants in her household. But because she's odious, she'll be a misery to everybody. And the last one is when a servant girl commits adultery with a master. 24. Four are little ones of earth, and they are made wiser than the wise. So now it's going to mention four things in creation that are wiser than people, usually. 25. The ants are a people not strong, and they prepare in summer their food. 26. Conies are a people not strong, and they place in a rock their house. 27. A king there is not to the locust, and it goeth out each one shouting. 28. A spider with two hands taketh hold, and is in the palaces of a king. So it's saying lessons from nature. If you're little and you're weak, you can still make a huge influence in the world. Ants are really tiny, but they're hard workers, and they always have food because they work hard. So even if you're a little person with no power, if you work hard, you'll always have food. Conies are some sort of animal who puts their nest in the rocks so that no predator can eat their eggs. So they have wisdom. Even though they're weak, their great wisdom helps them to survive. So even if you're weak, wisdom will help you to survive. And then the next one is the locust. They don't have a leader but they still go out as a great army shouting victory. When the locusts come, they're going to have victory. They're going to eat all your crops, and it won't take them long to do it. So the locusts don't have a king, but they go out unified. And this shows us that when we're unified with other people, we will have victory even if we don't have a leader. Unity itself can become our leader. And the last one is a spider. Even though spiders are tiny and weak and they have to grab their food with their hands and capture it, they can still live in a palace with the king. 
Even a gorgeous palace covered in gold will have some spiders in it. The Lord can place you in a beautiful place even if you are weak. 29. Three there are going well, yea, four are good and going. This says, there are three things that prosper. No, make it four. 30. An old lion, mighty among beasts, that turneth not back from the face of any. 31. A girt one of the loins, or a he-goat, and a king, no rising up with him. So the four things that always do well, because they're mighty, one of them is an old lion. It will not be afraid of anything, even though it's old and it's weaker than when it was young, because it won many battles as a young lion. It will have no fear as an old lion. The next thing is a greyhound, because it runs really fast. And the next thing is a he-goat, because it can climb mountains that nobody else can climb. It can literally walk up a wall, because the way its feet are made. And the next one is a king, because nobody can conquer a king except perhaps a stronger king. So it's saying, if you have already won many battles, like the old lion, or if you are full of energy, like the greyhound, or if you have special equipment, like the goat, who has special feet, or if you are placed in a high position, you will go out well, and do well in life. 32. If thou hast been foolish in lifting up thyself, and if thou hast devised evil hand to mouth. This says, if you have boasted about yourself, or if you have evil plans, shut your mouth. If all you can do is speak evil about yourself or others, like lying about yourself or lying evil about others, then don't say anything. This is similar to today's saying, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So if all you're going to do is boast about yourself or speak evil about other people, then just don't say anything. 33. For the churning of milk bringeth out butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth out blood, and the forcing of anger bringeth out strife. This says, is saying just as you can agitate milk and get butter, and you can agitate a nose and get blood, you can also agitate people and get a fight. So don't agitate people. And that concludes Proverbs chapter 30.